The interviews and discussions on this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello and welcome to this Stockhead podcast. I'm your host, Peter Strachan. It's been several months since we spoke with Cuban-focused oil explorer Melbana Energy, and quite a lot has been achieved in this year. To update subscribers on the company's progress, we are pleased to welcome back the company's executive chairman, Andrew Purcell. Andrew, there's been a lot of planning and logistical support effort undertaken in Cuba, but finally the well pads are being completed for a two-well program on Melbana's block nine permit in Cuba. Can you tell us when drilling on the Alameda one well is scheduled? Good morning, Peter. Yes, I'd be happy to. We are doing a lot of work at the moment with regards to procurement of inventory and shipment of supplies uh, into and around the country. Best estimate at this stage is third quarter, and I'm thinking towards the second half of third quarter. It's difficult to be more precise than that because we're reliant on a shipping industry, which in this uh, COVID-affected world is not yet back to tip-top capacity. Yeah, okay. So when Alameda kicks off, how deep will that well go? And when when could we expect the drill bit to reach target zones, i.e. how long will it take to actually drill the well in total? Well, it's a very exciting well because there's three targets and as a result, uh, we'll be into oil bearing formations almost immediately we start drilling. Uh, We've actually had oil shows uh, appear from the drilling of the geotechnical wells and the water wells that we're putting in place at the moment. But that's not what we're targeting. Obviously, we're targeting the deeper, more interesting stuff. And look, of those three targets, the, the drill time that we have forecast is a 70-day drilling program to move right to the deepest and biggest target. So based on that, you know, I think probably three weeks, four weeks, we might have gone through the first target. Um, and, you know, that's that's the first real interesting data point that we'll, we'll have to talk about. And it's a directional drilling as well. It's not just a vertical well. It's a very mildly deviated yeah. well. It's mostly vertical, but as you know, we wanted to from one well touch three different prospects, and as a result, the deepest target is a mild deviation of thirty degrees to allow us to hit the optimum point we think of that deepest target. So you get more bang for your buck. So what's the ultimate budget cost of each of these wells, and what will Melbana's fifteen percent funding contribution to support its thirty percent equity interest at this stage? What what will be that sort of funding requirement? So the wells are probably about when I say probably, it's a budget. It's a forecast fifteen million US a piece thereabouts. Yep. Um, we, on that total budget of just over 30 million US, we're 15%, so four and a half US, um, yep. about the same number that we got back from Sonnengol at the beginning of this transaction for reimbursement of our past costs. Yeah, so that's that, and you've got that cash in the bank really sitting there ready to go. Is the work now completed at the Zapato pad? I know you said that the Alameda pad was ready to go and you've been working on Zapata pad uh, and when do you expect drilling to commence on that one? Will that be just straight after Alameda is drilled? The pad construction is uh, commencing almost uh, as we speak. Um, 
off my project management call this morning, they're just doing uh, some final surveying on the road approaches uh, for the optimum routes, and that work should be underway uh, maybe as early as today. With regards to the second part of your question, the drilling will happen immediately after the completion of the first well, yes. So uh, just cycling back, you, th you think that Alameda will actually spud sometime in uh, September? Yeah, that's yeah. August, if, if we're luckier on the yeah. timing of various things. But yeah, August, third, certainly third quarter. So drilling's targeting some exciting oil reservoirs in the 30% hold held uh, permit. Uh, what's the scale of the prospective resources at each uh, well, Andrew? The estimates that our independent consultants have put on our prospects is for the Alameda well, uh, over the three targets, about 136 million barrels of best estimate. And in the Pato, about 95 million barrels of best estimate, together about 235 million barrels. So they're pretty significant target in targets in what is a pretty oily region of Cuba because there's already producing oil wells nearby and a refinery, I think, on the coast. That's right. There's a, there's a, a really, very well-established oil infrastructure in Cuba, particularly on that north coast where we are. The, the nearest significant oil field is the Varadero um, field just to our northwest, which is 11 billion barrels. Uh, and therefore, there's the infrastructure that's been built out around that with deep water ports, terminals, uh, pipes, rail lines leading into it. That all passes by us. And you know, worst comes to worst, if, in the case of the discovery, while we're considering field development and infrastructure plans, we'll just truck the oil yeah. up, to the, up to Matanzas to put it into the market there. So the quality of some of the oil in Cuba, I understand, is quite heavy, but you're thinking that these targets are, will be younger and the oil might be of a better, higher quality. That's the play. That's the idea, Peter. I mean, we're not just doing this theoretically. We've got results from previous wells, as you know, and those previous wells flowed a much lighter crude surface because they were deeper. And that's what we're going back in after. The heavier oil typically found in Cuba is from shallower wells. That's been their mainstay for the last three decades. Yeah, and I think it, it'd be worthwhile for the uh, listener to know that Cuba's uh, geology is fairly, um, it's a bit like uh, Papua New Guinea in a way. You've got a lot of faulting and over-faulting and uh, older reservoirs on top of younger reservoirs and all sorts of things going on. So it's quite interesting drilling. No, it'll be interesting drilling. Drilling's always interesting. Uh, it, it always throws up stuff that you, you didn't expect from the textbooks or from the, the diagnostic tools, but that's that's what we have a good geoscience team for. I mean, they're, they're very experienced in heavily folded geologies, which is one of the reasons we went into Cuba. You know, this is playing to their strength. And uh, we're, we're ready to manage what comes up at us. So September, October, November and December of this year, it looks like it's going to be a very exciting time for Melbana with its um, projects in Cuba. Are you going to be able to get over there and, and help or is... Uh, uh, you know, do you think uh, the pandemic travel restrictions are going to get in the way? Oh, I think we can manage it. We figured out a way uh, for for me to get over there. The getting back bit's always more entertaining for an Australian, but uh, that's okay. Worst case comes to the worst, and you know, I'm going to have to spend a Christmas New Year in Cuba. What could be worse? Yeah, indeed. 
all that uh, rum and cigars. <laughs> so, um, uh, Andrew, back in Australia, Melbana has provisionally sold its interest in permit WA488P um, to EOG. Now, when do you expect that the transaction will close with that upfront payment of $7.5 million US? Entirely up to the regulators, Peter. Uh, okay. We need two things. We need uh, First, we need an extension of the time to drill the beehive well. Yeah. Because um, it's currently scheduled to be done by December of this year, I beg your pardon. Uh, so they need more time to achieve that. And look, Noptis, the regulator, has been very understanding in the past when we mm. and other oil and gas companies have required extensions for, for good reasons. Yeah. Uh, and this is a good reason having a company of that size come into Australia to drill a well is, you know, I'm, I'm sure we looked upon quite favourably. But we have to do that, get that yeah. first. Um, and then there's a um, uh, the other regulatory approvals for a transaction of this sort that are needed. Um, again, I don't see anything contentious, but it, yeah. it takes some time. It'll probably take a few months. Yeah. So the and the seven and a half million uh, that you get up front is, of course, not the be all and end all of it. You've got uh, some trailing uh, payments on success. So what do we know about the purchaser EOGs? plans to drill Beehive Prospect subject, obviously, to those uh, caveats that you've mentioned before? Well, they, they're, they're a typical, uh, you know, US firm in my experience, and that is that they they, they get on things and they want them done. Yep. You know, so, so they're not moving into a new country to, you know, smell the roses. They're, they're pushing hard to get something drilled in the next drilling season, which is 2022. And... Uh, I think it's achievable, subject to how long these uh, regulatory approvals take. In our experience, getting a well drilled from go to woe is a 12-month job. Um, we're mid-year. If approvals come through in the next few months, a, a, a drilling campaign next year is entirely possible. So what, uh, leading into the um, to the drilling in back in Cuba, what's your current treasury look, look like? You know, X that $7.5 million, which you're expecting when that deal's done? Fine. We got funds from, from the money we got back from the Angolans yep. uh, as our past cost to meet the drilling cost there. We have cash resources from our uh, other initiatives and previous fundraisings that we're using to keep ourselves going forward. And we have other projects on foot too, which uh, uh, are allowing us to dip into them for additional capital if we need to in the future. Sure. Now, um, with the uh, EOG uh, purchase, uh, can you just outline to the listener the contingent payments that might accrue to Melbourne on uh, EOG's success there? Because it's quite significant for the company. There's um, another $5 million US that would be paid after the drilling of the Beehive well if um, EOG decides to continue. Yep. And that's defined more precisely as uh, do they uh, apply for a production license and do they choose to enter into a subsequent permit year? Both of those things would only ever happen if the Beehive well was a success in their view or worthy of further study in yep. their view. Uh, the next contingent payment after that would be indeed if they are successful and production is, uh, is commenced from the block and, and, and we have a trailing royalty in that situation where we would get paid uh, 
$10 million for every 25 million barrels that's produced from the field. And, you know, given there could be more than a billion barrels of oil there, that, that would be a very happy day indeed for our shareholders if that were to be the case. Yeah, you'd become a, a very nice little royalty company, you know, <laughs> bar, even without Cuba's success. You know, so that would be quite useful. Yeah, so Andrew, over the next uh, three months for um, Albana, it's really focusing on getting the logistics right, putting your consumables, putting your drilling rig, all the expertise in place in Cuba, uh, and uh, you know, talking with the regulator here about making sure that you can get uh, WA488P extended so that EOG has time to mobilise to site and do that work. Is there anything else? of importance that listeners should know about? Nothing that I'm ready to disclose yet, Peter, but you know we don't stand in isolation. These deals that you're talking about, they're all done. Yep. Um, part of my job, a big part of my job, is to keep feeding things into the other end of the sausage grinder. Yeah. So um, you know, it's a very robust time in the energy markets and there's a lot of interesting opportunities out there and we're kicking the tires on some of them quite, quite hard at the moment. Okay. Well, look, um, thanks for coming into Stockhead today, Andrew. And I bet you wish that you could be in Cuba in, you know, in the coming months. But either way, it will be a very exciting time for shareholders, I think, over the next uh, six months or so. Yeah, I, I'm sure it will be. And thank you, Peter, for your time. It's good to chat.